Thanks for listening to the Granary Church Podcast. For more information, head to granary.org.au or follow us on social media at The Granary Church. Just a spoiler alert sort of as well. If you've got um, the youth are heading out, but, and normally a message in church is PG, isn't it? But today's is a little bit M-rated. And, and a spoiler alert, if you've got little kids, there might be some times where you want to distract them a little bit, you know. And at the end, I've just got to tell you, someone dies. A really good, innocent person dies at the end of my message. So um, just be aware of that. That's a bit of a spoiler alert. Hey, you know the art therapy that was advertised and it said you don't have to be an artist to attend? You don't have to be in therapy to attend either. Um, Herard, do you want to stand up? This is Herard. Let's give her a big hand. She's our art therapist. And she would be more than happy to talk to you about the group after uh, our service today. She's a, an amazing lady. I've seen some of her own art, but she's passionate about, about art therapy. And it's really a discipleship group. It's a group, as we heard before, you can come closer to God through nature and you can actually come closer to God through art. Isn't that right, Herard? And so it's a discipleship group and you will grow in your faith if you're um, able to make that. So thanks, Herard. You can sit down and you might want to talk to her a bit later. So today we are finishing up our series called Proclaim Freedom. And uh, Sue kicked that off, Pastor Sue kicked that off a few weeks ago with a great message out of the book of Galatians um, about the law and the freedom we have in the spirit and that we don't need to be um, sort of bound up by religious spirits and a spirit of just following laws and regulations, but we live by the law of the spirit of life. And then John Adia talked to us about holiness and reminded us that um, the freedom that we have in Christ is ours because of the death and resurrection of Jesus, but it's also ours as we learn to walk through life, growing in holiness and growing more like him, we become more and more free. And then we had Anzac Day, and that was a reminder of the political freedoms that we enjoy in this country, um, you know, freedom to gather, freedom of speech, freedom to worship, and how important uh, those things are and what a blessing. And I want to talk to us today about charging our spirit and changing our mind. It's really about personal freedom for each one of us in Christ and how that can be act activated in our life, how we can um, do that. So our year's theme, I gave my life away and our 10 core values, we're going to go through them one at a time. We started with love extravagantly and now we're just um, onto our second one, which we finished today, Proclaim Freedom. I gave my life away and now I proclaim freedom. When I was a teenage boy, especially in those 13, 14, 15-year-old um, years, uh, when I look back on those years, they were actually fun years for me. In fact, everything was fun. Life was fun. It was all just about goofing off and having a good time with my mates. And I went to a big public high school in Sydney and our, our motto was ad altiora. Now that's Latin and it means towards higher things. So it was supposed to uh, it's encourage us to go towards higher things. Well, one day my mates and I decided to take that literally because a Christian evangelist, and I wasn't a Christian at that time, far from it, uh, 
None, none of my group were. A Christian evangelist came to our school and he set up um, at the school oval just behind the school canteen and at lunchtime he started sort of preaching the gospel and what have you. And my mates and I decided to send him some higher things. So we filled up these water bombs, these balloons, and we got over on the other side of the canteen and we just lobbed them over the roof of the canteen, you know, towards higher things. We thought, this is good. This is the school motto. And, uh, and then we took off. We just took off running. And unfortunately for me, or fortunately, I guess it was a God-given thing, back then I had sort of shoulder-length red hair. And when you're running away and you're the only one in the school that looks like that, you're busted, you know. And so I got busted. None of my mates did. Once again, it wasn't the first time. It wouldn't be the last time. Got six of the best and uh, paid the price for towards higher things. Now, that's look, life was just like that. It was just about having fun. And if we got into trouble, we, we took it and, you know, went on with the next project. But when I turned 16, and this was in year 11, I, I, I started to um, think a bit more deeply than fun. And I started to think a little bit about um, what my life was really all about. And it was partly brought about by the fact that the, the people that I hung around with, we, we all sort of started to get into this party scene where every Saturday there'd be a party at someone's house and there was a lot of alcohol. And I was actually shocked when I found out that a lot of my mates were doing drugs as well, um, smoking marijuana and uh, doing other drugs. And... Um, for some reason, it just didn't appeal to me. Like I just didn't want to plunge in to that lifestyle with them. And I was the designated driver before that became an, a thing. You know, there was no words for that back then, but because I wasn't sort of, I was still had my right mind at the end of the party, I was the designated driver. So, but one thing sticks in my mind very clearly that one night we were at a party and a mate of mine went outside. He was quite uh, full of the happy juice, to call it that. He was very full of it, actually. And he didn't come back in. And I, I sort of thought, where's he gone? And I went out there to outside uh, to see what was, make sure he was okay, see what he was up to. And I found that he had actually been going to the toilet outside on the lawn um, and we're talking onesies and twosies, okay, here. And he was so drunk that he'd fallen over and he was rolling around in his own excrement and urine. Disgusting. I just, I can't tell you how it, I looked at that and later on that night I wrote in my diary, um, if this is the best the world has to offer, what's the point? And I really, I took him I cleaned him up, took him home to my place, gave him a cup of coffee and, you know, settled him down and then took him back to his house. But, but that night was a turning point in my life. It was a turning point where I realised that what was going on around me, all the things that my friends were sort of thinking were really they were finding these new freedoms and freedom to get into this and get into that, they weren't freedoms at all. In fact, they just made a mockery and made fools out of out of people and, and actually in the end became not very freeing at all, but actually they were things that were captivating. And I've got to say that my best friend in high school who was a part of all that scene, 
we sat together every day in class and so on and he got me into playing AFL with him before AFL was even AFL. It was just a Victorian kind of thing back then. But um, at the age of 32, well, when, when I in year 11 I actually became a Christian later that year and our lives went very separate ways. But at the age of 32, um, my best mate in school passed away uh, from drugs and he actually drowned in a pool of his own vomit um, from a mixture of drugs and alcohol. And 32, two kids, a wife he left behind. And, uh, you know, it broke my heart. I can't tell you how much it broke my heart. In fact, I rang up the guy that had been selling the drugs at school. I chased him down and I found him out and I just tore strips off him over the phone. I said, this is your fault, mate. This is, this is what this has led to. And you know what? Working with Granary Care, I see a lot of the result of that lifestyle where people have dived into the things of the world that seem to promise so much they promise freedom and they promise relief, but all they do is hold people captive and push them down. And then when I see them, you know, in their 40s and 50s and 60s with granary care, life is a mess. Health, mental health, relationships, shot, it's just so destructive. And so I want to talk to you for a second about what we call the cycle of addiction. The cycle of addiction is where it begins with the word pain. If you're looking at the screen on the left there, begins with the word pain. And the pain that that's talking about is the pain of our fallen humanity. It's the pain of the fact that we were as human beings created to have a relationship with God, to know him and to walk with him and to be intimate with him. But when mankind decided to push God away and reject God, and when our human nature fell and became marred, within us was pain. There was an emptiness. There was longing and there was pain. The pain of our own sin, the pain of our own separation from God, the longing for that, that intimacy that we had lost. And out of that pain, human beings have always then looked for things that would relieve that pain, that would bring some release. And every now and again, you make a discovery. Oh, so for my friends, the alcohol, the drugs, for a while, they just release the pain. They release the longing. They release the emptiness. And there was a relief. They made that discovery. But then what happens the next morning? when there's a relapse and you actually feel worse than you did the night before and emptier than you did the night before. And on top of the emptiness and the pain, there's the guilt and the shame of what you've done and the silly things that, that, that people do. And so we end up back around at the pain again, only this time the pain is worse. And so we look again for either another discovery or more of the one that we made before. And uh, it gives us relief just for a short amount of time. But then we relapse and the pain comes back. And as we go around that cycle, there's the law of diminishing returns, that every time we try to fill our life with something else, something that is not actually um, freeing and that, that is not um, something that God intended for us, 
the returns diminish. We, it, it just doesn't satisfy as much. So we need more of it or we need something else as well. And everything that, we, uh, that people try leads to further pain and further frustration. And that's the cycle of addiction and I've seen it many times. I've seen it in my friends' lives and so on. But I see it also in the work I do with granary care. But sometimes I see it in my own life. Sometimes I realise that, that I'm living things out in my life that um, really God needs to work on and, and I need to move ahead in that. So the promise of freedom from our pain, substance addictions, that's the first place people often look, isn't it, to alcohol or, uh, or drugs of some kind to dull the pain, to take it away, to give us some relief but it just doesn't happen. It just is not fulfilling. So we try sometimes the promise of freedom from our emptiness, which often is, is busyness. You know, some people throw themselves at their work. Some people are constantly in this cyber world because when they're sucked into that world, it takes their mind off the, the real things of the heart, the things that really matter and the things that can really help us. And uh, I don't know about you, but I see this often. You know, you go to a place where there are restaurants and as you walk by, you see a family there and uh, mum and dad might be talking, maybe not, maybe they're on their phone, but nearly always the kids are on some sort of device. They're not here, they're not engaged in the real world. They're off playing some sort of game or whatever it is that they're doing on their phone and so on, because that's the distraction. We try to distract ourselves from the pain. That's another way we try to do it. There's the promise of freedom from our longing. We, we look to fulfil our longing and there are many ways that, that this can happen. Through the internet and gaming, I was speaking to um, one of our granary care people just this week and her son, uh, he's nocturnal. He spends all night doing gaming in his room and, and he's, he's asleep all day. And uh, not only that, he just received an inheritance from his grandparents. We're talking tens of thousands of dollars and it's all going to go on setting up a gaming room just to, to, to reinforce, you know, it's that I need more, I need more to try and take me away from the realities of life. Uh, there's, there's, you know, spending, we can get into so much debt, shopping, people can throw themselves at work or into a love relationship, um, sex, gambling, food and eating. That's a funny one to put, isn't it, food and eating? But when you think about our society right now, how many TV shows are there about gourmet food and gourmet eating? It's the gluttony of quality as well as the gluttony of quantity, but it might fu fulfil our longing, the longing of our flesh, of our body, our bellies, but it can never take away the pain of our hearts. And we look in just all these different places. So is this depressing so far? I'll just give you a bit of relief for a couple of minutes, but then it's going to get worse, okay? I'm just giving you, I told you someone dies at the end. Okay, so let's just relieve it for a little while because we're going to go into the Bible. You're going, this is this church or what is this? You know, is this social welfare kind of talk? Um, no, this is church and we, we're here to talk about the Bible and what the Bible says and we're here to talk about Jesus as well as singing about him. And, you know, when Jesus started his public ministry, he went into a synagogue and the first scripture from the Bible that he read 
uh, was out of the Old Testament, Isaiah 61, and a part of it said this, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim freedom to the captives. That was a part of Jesus' role description. He said, why has God sent me to earth? So that the captives can be set free and I'm going to tell them how it can happen and I'm going to show them how it can happen. So 2 Corinthians 3.17, let's talking about charging our spirit for a while. Humans, humans are body, soul and spirit. And before we are Christian, our, our fallen body and soul are called the flesh in the Bible. And mankind living in the cycle of addiction is living out of the flesh. They're living out of their broken soul and their broken body. The body with all, fulfilling all its desires is what controls us. But when we become a Christian and the Holy Spirit comes into our lives, the spirit according to the scripture is the spirit of freedom. And now the Lord is the spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. 2 Corinthians 3.17. So a change happens. And it happened for me. As soon as I became a Christian, I wasn't free from everything, but a huge change in direction happened. Instead of walking towards captivity and destruction, I started walking towards freedom and life and light. And life, life changed. Some things changed instantly like that. And other things have been a gradual uh, process of change. But, the, but where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. You know, um, Ephesians, the book of Ephesians says, don't be filled with wine. There's excess in that, but there's also addiction and destruction. And wine is a mocker. Strong drink makes a fool of people. But be not filled with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. In fact, it's be being filled. Keep on being filled. You know, as the Holy Spirit comes upon us and we minister and we live out the Christian life, we need to keep on being filled with the Holy Spirit. And so I encourage you today, ask the Lord, keep on, Lord, seeking. Lord, we seek your Holy Spirit. He's not going to give you something bad. He's not going to give you something destructive. He'll give you freedom because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Secondly, changing our mind. We need to charge our spirit, but we need to change our mind. And John 8, 31 and 32 says this, to the Jews who had believed in him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples, then you will know the truth and the set you free. The truth will set you free. And we sort of hear that a lot, don't we? The truth will set you free. And that's a great thing. That is so right, but it's an if and then. If, there's an if before there's a then, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. If what? If you continue in his word. That's not just coming here and hearing it and then going away and forgetting it. That's each day letting the word of God dwell in you richly, letting it change your mind, memorizing the word of God. And you know what? The, the, the Bible, if it's incredible. It's so powerful. We've been singing about the name of Jesus this morning, right? What a powerful name it is. Well, Philippians 2, at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in heaven, on earth and under the earth. Let me tell you, there are people in this room who know that because they've lived by the scriptures and, pro and proclaim the, the name of Jesus over their cancer. Am I right? And is it still there? It's gone. It's gone. And it's been a year-long journey for some people, but 
a journey of proclaiming God's word, that there is nothing, there's no other name higher than the name of Jesus. Cancer isn't higher than the name of Jesus. The things that afflict you, are none of them are higher than the name of Jesus in your life. So the word of God can change our circumstances. If you feel like um, you know, you're struggling mentally, if you feel like you're struggling emotionally, well, you know what? Why don't you confess this? Why don't you cling to this? Why don't you continue in his word by this? Because God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Come on, confess that. Let's confess that. Let's speak that out and let's cling to it and let's continue in it. You can't just hear it and think that's going to change everything, but you need to hang on to that and continue it and, you know, write it on the back of your toilet door on a little sign and put it up above your bed and confess it and believe it and 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 continue in the Word of God. And maybe you're facing what you would consider trial after trial and you think, this has got to be some kind of demonic attack by the enemy, by the devil. Well, you know what? Greater is he that is in you than? That's right. And if you submit yourself to God and resist the devil, he will flee from you. That's right. So, you know, you need to, you need to have these scriptures in your head. But you know what? There are times when God doesn't just want to change your circumstance. He wants to change your character. And so you might be facing troubles and things and you know, confessing this and confessing that and nothing changes and then God might, God's, God might reveal this to you. Don't be anxious about anything but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And then no circumstances are going to change but the peace of God that passes all understanding will keep your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. He's going to change your character. The circumstances might stay the same, but you're not, you're not the same anymore because, because God's word changes us as well as changing circumstances. Jesus said, these things that I do and greater things you will do, you will say unto the mountain, move and be cast into the sea. And it will happen, you know. I mean, you gotta, you've got to continue in God's word. Let's move on. It's getting better. So what is true freedom? Matthew chapter 27, where does it come from? Well, in Matthew chapter 7, we read about the, the death and resurrection of Jesus. This is what happened. The curtain of the sanctuary was torn in two. Bang, religion, dead, gone. Presence of God available to everyone. Holy Spirit available to everyone. The Holy Spirit who brings freedom. The earth quaked and the rocks were split. Even creation recognised that something amazing was going on. And, and even the, the, the very creation that we've seen in, in the book presentation today was started to be, to be shaken. The tombs were opened and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. What's the ultimate captivity? Isn't it death? And right at that point when Jesus was on that cross, the, the, the tomb started to open, you know, the freedom was beginning and it was, and God chose, he chose the hardest thing first. He didn't just do a couple of little ones. He's, he's these people that have been dead for a while and boing, bang, they're out walking around, you know. He chose to set people free even from death. But let me say this, and this is what I'm going to finish up with. When I was thinking and reflecting on all of this, uh, this idea of freedom and the cross, I came across the verse in Matthew 27 where it says, from noon until three in the afternoon, darkness came over the whole land. 
Now, the scripture tells us that Jesus was crucified at 9 a.m. And, uh, you know, the things that were happening between 9 and midday, they were offering him wine mixed with uh, spices and so on. And uh, then at 12 o'clock, midday, darkness started to fall on the land. Midday, guys, midday, the sun's at its height. The sun's right there at its peak. And yet it wasn't the brightest part of the day. A darkness began to descend. And as I reflected on what, what was going on, what the heck is going on when the laws of nature are changed like that, this is what I came across, and it was, a, I believe, a revelation from God. This is what those three hours of darkness were, three hours of painful separation of Jesus from the Father. As Jesus took the darkness of the world into himself, we say that Jesus died for our sin. We say that on the cross he took our sin. Do you understand what that means? Let me tell you what it means because God began to reveal this to me. In that darkness with every, was every spiritual force of evil that had ever existed. Satan hovered there. Demons gathered there. Principalities and powers gloated over what was happening there. The forces of evil amassed in that place and that began the darkness. Every sin that had ever been committed or ever would be committed began to gather there in that place above the cross. Every form and act of abuse Every verbal, physical, emotional, sexual abuse, every single act was gathering there in that darkness and the darkness became darker and darker. Every example of neglect, and I especially speak this about families and children, where children have been neglected and left gathered in that place. Every act of man's inhumanity to man, all the wars, all the slavery, all the torture, all the exploitation, all the confinement gathered in that place, the totality of each person's self-destructive thoughts and actions gathered in that place, all the cutting, all the self-harm, all the anger, all the putting down of oneself, all the negative thoughts and all the self-hate were all in that darkness and the darkness grew darker. Every act of betrayal was in that darkness. All the broken marriage vows, all the marriage bed defiled, all the friendships that were disregarded and the duties that had been neglected were in that darkness. Every sickness of the human body that would be or was were in that place, minor right through to chronic. Every sickness of the soul was in that darkness. Let me tell you, every sick mind, all the ones that were filled and controlled by anxiety, all the ones that were in captivity to depression, every phobia, every psychosis, every multiple personality, every bipolar disorder, it was all in the darkness. All our wounded, misdirected emotions, the fear, the anger, the hatred, the bitterness, the unforgiveness, the jealousy, the sadness, the misery, the disgust, the rage, the loneliness, the annoyance, the frustration and the disappointment were all in that darkness. Every weakness of our human will was in that darkness. Every poor choice, all the adultery, all the immorality, all the selfishness, every wrong decision, every form of manipulation and control of one person over another. 
And every ailment of the human spirit was in that darkness, our deadness to God, our hatred of God, our unbelief, our mistrust, our idolatry, our blasphemy, our rejection and our ignoring of God. Every consequence of sin in this broken material world, all the poverty, every estrangement, every feud, every alienation of a parent from a child, each act of racism, sexism, social distinction, economic injustice, all of the climate events that bring death and destruction were gathered in that darkness. And that was the darkness that Jesus took into himself. That was the darkness that made him cry out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because every dark thing of this world had come between him And God the Father, that's what it means when we say Jesus took our sin. He took our sin upon himself and he set us free. There was a divine exchange. The Bible puts it this way. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him and by his stripes we are healed. Come on, this is the good bit. This is a good bit, come on. If this has been a pretty dark, like M-rated kind of thing this morning. But you know what? It's good news because that's how we're set free. But, but do you want to live in it? Well, then accept it. Receive, you know, just keep receiving everything that Jesus did on the cross. Not just that he forgave your sin. That's great. Guilt and shame, gone. Don't have to live with the guilt and shame of our own fallenness and brokenness anymore, but all the other stuff as well. And if you let the Holy Spirit, the spirit of freedom come in and really convince you of this stuff, and if you fill your mind and, you, and with the word of God and you speak out and continue in his word, then you will truly know the truth and the truth will set you free. Come on. This is good stuff. This is good this morning. This is how you get free. This is how you get free. And God can do miracles this morning. He can change us. He can change our circumstances, and I believe he will. So I want all of the prayer ministry people in this room, all the Connect pastors and those who do prayer ministry, stand up on your feet for a sec. No one else, just them. Stand up. Don't come anywhere. Normally at this stage we say come out the front. Don't come anywhere. This is what we're going to do. I want you to start praying that God will start showing you what he wants you to pray for this morning and who he wants you to lead you to. And if you look around and you see someone and you sort of go, gosh, God's calling me to that person, then you go and see them. Don't wait for them to come out here because it's not easy to sort of go, I need some prayer because there's stuff in my life that I'm still hanging on to. I've taken it back out of that darkness and I've got this dark part in my own heart. But you know what, for those who, who there are standing there and, and God doesn't necessarily show you um, someone to go and pray for, you, you just come out the front like we normally do and I'm going to pray that God will send you the exact right person and that you'll have the exact words for that person. So, Father, in Jesus' name this morning, I bless this congregation with freedom, Lord God, the freedom that is ours in Christ the freedom that is ours by virtue of the Holy Spirit dwelling within us and moving among us, and the freedom that is ours by virtue of your word, the name of Jesus, the power of the word of God to set us free from all addiction, all brokenness, all self-hate, all of the things that Jesus took on the cross 
Father God, we proclaim freedom over that this morning in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we, we ask you, Holy Spirit, come and do your miracle working uh, actions in this place, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit, because we want to see your kingdom come and heaven break through into earth. And so we, we put that into your hands, Father God, and we pray, come, 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 Holy Spirit, come and move. Let's stand and worship for a minute.